0: Hi there, this is Angeline Fisher for English Breakfast. My guest today is Father Angelo Ungebel. Originally from Nigeria, this busy man is ongoing several projects, including founding de für Nigeria. Studied in Belgium and also here in Germany, he tells us about many of the cultural differences and what brought him to found this organization. Stay tuned to hear more about Father Angelo Ungebo and the Nigerian experience. Father Angelo Unegbu, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much.
0: First of all, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your background, where you're coming from, and what brought you to Gubingin.
1: My name is Father Unegbu Angelo. I'm a native of Nigeria precisely in a small city called okigwe that is where i was born some 39 years ago yeah i went to school in nigeria and after my primary school i went to secondary school in the seminary a junior seminary and i went to university also in nigeria first of all i studied philosophy for four years and then theology for four years. And after that, I was a then priest in 2003. I was so much influenced by my uncle in Nigeria, who was a bishop. But he died a year before I became a priest. He died at 85 years.
0: Ah, that's unfortunate that he didn't get to see you as a priest.
1: Yeah, he was 85. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, a A long life. He was a very wonderful man, and Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from him. He was, in fact, the person who baptized me and who gave me this name, Angelo. Normally, it's not a Nigerian name. And I worked for three years in Nigeria as a priest. I was for almost one year as an assistant priest, and for two years, I was a parish priest. The last two years, I went to Belgium.
0: Oh, what brought you to Belgium?
1: Uh, I went there for studies, mm-hmm. uh, my bishop sent me there to do my master's in theology. Okay. Yeah, and I drew, I did my master's the first year, and in the second year, I did an, a second master's in theology. We call it licentiate, the second master's. After my course in Belgium, I then got admission in the University of Tübingen to do my doctorate, to my PhD. And I'm working right now still on my PhD. And my doctorate topic is about the training and education of priests. I think very soon I will be through with it. That was the very thing that brought me to Gopingin. Okay, so education. Education, because Gopingin is not too far from Tubingen. So as I was living there, the need came that I also help in the parishes. With the suggestion of my bishop, and also with the discussion between my bishop and the Bishop of Rothenburg, it was agreed that I also walk here in the Diocese of Rothenburg, Stuttgart, to help out in a parish, and also at the same time do my studies. 50-50. 50% studies, 50% work.
0: Well, you sound very busy, so we really appreciate that you came down today. Coming from Nigeria, let's say initially coming to Europe, Did you go through a a culture shock? What were some of the things that you thought were quite different? Uh, That
1: is a very wonderful question because I think every one of us, whether we are Africans or Europeans or Americans, once one leaves his culture, I think the shock is there. Even if the shock is not there, the expectations, the fears, they are there. Will I be accepted? Skin differences, language differences, ideological differences, Cultural differences, weather differences—they are there. It's my first shock when I arrived to Belgium. I was wondering what is happening here. The first shock I had was when they were changing time. I didn't know. I never heard anything about change of time. One hour before, one hour—I never experienced such thing. That, it, has it was a strange. It was, thing. A, it was on a Sunday, and I went to church service. When they said, "What is happening?" Nobody's in the church. It was it cancelled. I didn't see anybody. I went back home only to hear that the mess was one hour later. I missed it. (laughs) And I said, what happened? They said, we changed time yesterday night. What does it mean, changing time? (laughs) And that was how I came to learn about the changing of summertime or wintertime. Such things we don't have in Nigeria. Time is time. We don't change it. But the good thing about it is that The fears are not as expected because over these years in Nigeria, people hear of racism in Europe, people hear of the discriminations. Some students will tell us, they didn't succeed in the education in the universities in Europe because of discrimination, because of racism. Because those fears were there. And we came with the impression that you cannot be better than than a European, no matter what you do. You're condemned. You cannot be better, no matter what you do. You're a second-class citizen. So such ideas. Uh, but when I came, I didn't see them like that way.
0: You had a different experience. I had
1: a different experience. I saw if you worked hard, you received a reward for your hard work. If you don't work hard, you also receive the, the punishment as the reward. So from this perspective, some of the fears were not as I expected. Sometimes we call them discriminations. Today, I don't understand them that way. I see them as people's way of life. It's a culture. A foreigner has fear. Somebody who lives in this land also has fear of the person who is coming in. Fear is both ways.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: so because of this fear, there is tension.
0: Fear of the unknown.
1: Yeah, there is tension. Every person is careful. So this carefulness can also be misinterpreted, can be exaggerated, can be misunderstood. For instance, here, the more you stay with the people, the more the people know you, the more they open up to you, the more they accept you, the more you begin to understand certain things. Fears are there. Differences are there.
0: So there are a lot of differences between the countries, and I'm sure one of the cultural differences is in the foods that we eat.
1: Food. In Nigeria, we have what we call food in Europe. Sometimes I look at people and I say, is this also food? Yeah, because we, we have a notion of food and what food looks like.
0: So what are the typical Nigerian dishes? Typical Nigerian dishes,
1: we have rice normally, we have fufu, yams. we have cassava fufu, we have a lot of meat, fish. In Nigeria, we avoid sweet things, mm-hmm. ice, those things okay. that are for kids in the schools. And they, don't, they also advise not to eat it too much because of their teeth and because of their health. But here it is a food. And drinking, we don't drink so much juice, beer. Here it is surplus. And you notice it also in the Nigerian people. The Nigerians are not so fat. They're always agile because mm-hmm. they don't eat so much. Not that they don't have food, but it's a tradition of hundreds of years. People are care of what we inherited from the forefathers. One has to be careful about what someone eats. Much more conscious. Conscious mm-hmm. of what we are. It's a, it's a traditional thing, yeah. And maybe you can explain for our listeners, what is fufu? Fufu, you make it from cassava. You can also make it from yam. You pound it. You get yam. Mm-hmm. Yams look like potatoes, but larger than potatoes. You find them here also in African shops. They are bigger and they have more iron in them and you can pound them. You cook them, first of all, pound them and make them into pieces. They look like grease, Mm -hmm. what you call grease here.
0: Semolina.
1: Yeah, yeah, semolina, Mm -hmm. something like that. And then you make soup and in the soup normally you have fish, you have meat, sometimes at the same time Vegetables, a lot of vegetables, different kinds of vegetables. Not one, not two, three, four, five different kinds of vegetables. You have other spices, other African spices mm. you used to garnish and you use them together. Normally we eat with hand. Yeah. yeah? And the food tastes super when you eat it with hand. <laughs> yeah. It's a wonderful thing. And in fact, in Nigeria, every day, someone has to eat the food for once every day. Otherwise it don't feel normal. So it's
0: a really big part, it's a a staple part of of
1: the diet. diet.
0: And people eat separately on different plates or do they eat together on one plate?
1: At the beginning, for instance, in my childhood time, my mother always makes sure we children eat from one plate. A big plate.
0: So all the children. All the children.
1: We are six. Yeah, my parents have six children. I yeah, have five uh, brothers and sisters. And we always eat from one place. And it's wonderful. It was a good thing. You experience also how to struggle.
0: How to share and yeah. yeah. how to get what you need.
1: How to struggle and share. It's about, it's not, it's, it's no fight. But still, you you try to eat. And you also know that the other person also has to eat you learn it that way how to be considerate? yeah you learn the other person we have to wait for the other person we are six One, one person is still missing where is he or where is her you go and look for her till she comes then we begin we pray normally we pray before every meal and also after every meal I think it's better. For me, I think the more people come together, life is about sharing, life is about togetherness. What fascinates me as far as the Old Testament of the Christian Bible is the creation of man, how it began. The picture is so fascinating, how the Bible stated it, that God created at the beginning just one person, a man, Adam. And later, later on, after haven't thought about it maybe a woman was created it is fascinating to see how this how this picture was painted because man was sad oh i'm alone the animals are in twos birds are in twos ants are in twos all living creatures are in twos men male and female why should i be alone he felt the lack he cried about it he was sad about it he was uncomfortable about it and now a second person came. In our culture, we have a saying that when somebody does not hunger for something, he does not appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other people once have no choice. They were condemned to being tools. But the human being had to decide. The human being had to long for it. He has to look for it. He has to search for it. And it came. For me, that story is better that way for us to appreciate the need for the other so that you know Adam, you know how you felt when you were alone. Now, you have to appreciate this second person. You have to know that it's not easy to live alone. So, I from this perspective, one finds this story, this picture also in the, in, the, in, the, in the African world, in African settings. The Africans, they are like birds. They always go in groups. They are uncomfortable alone. In fact, that is one of the problems of us of, at the beginning of the Catholic priesthood in Africa, at the, at the initial times. The problems the Africans had at the beginning were, how do I live alone without children? It is not an African thing. Africans live in groups. Africans enjoy community. Africans enjoy talking with each other. Africans share. Africans celebrate. Celebration is not done, not done alone. It need people. And that is one of the things that makes life so sweet. And the more you eat together, a bond exists between those who eat. You see this picture also in the, in the Catholic Church, in the Eucharist, in the sharing of the bread together, one cup, one bread, it's been shared together. These images build the Christians together. They build humanity together. In fact, the humanity will always come together and closer. When we learn to do things in common, when we learn to eat in common, you appreciate the other person. You know the weaknesses of the other person. You sympathize with the other person. You help those who are weak. You learn them when you eat together. You feel the smell, the body odor of the other person. You are used to it. You accommodate. And when you go out also, you are used to a community. You also try to welcome other people who are not also your brothers and sisters. It helps you to also to welcome the outside world, to, to, to tolerate other people, to know that people are different. But when you stay alone and eat alone, one of the philosophers will always say that when somebody eats alone, you eat like an animal. But when you eat together, that is eating. Food teaches us a lot. It teaches us so many things.
0: Father Angelo Ungebo, I'm very happy to have you here. Also because we don't often hear about Nigeria or about Africa in general what are some of the misconceptions that you think that Europeans have about Nigeria?
1: Nigeria, when I read books about Africa, you see people writing giving examples, Belgium, Germany, Spain, Portugal and Africa. But when I read it, I said, are these intellectuals ignorant of history or geography or both? Nigeria is a country. It is located in the western part of Africa. Nigeria is a country that is blessed with a lot of things. Human resources, natural resources. The population of Nigeria stands today at 160 million, two times Germany. It's a country that has gone through a lot of things. Sometimes when I look at the history of Nigeria, I, I cannot say with pity because I'm part of it. I cannot say also annoying because no culture has remained the same. Most countries were also colonized. All those who colonized Africa were at one point in the history also themselves colonized by other countries. There's been the history of the world. This doesn't change. Complaining doesn't change anything. The question, what do we do? So it's a country of different tribes, cultures, more than 250 tribes in Nigeria, nations, so to say. Everyone has its own language, complete, its own way of religion, its own way of dress, its own way of music, its own way of dance, its own way of cooking, its own way of education, its own way, everything is different, its own way of building houses. So this was the Nigeria before the colonial times. And no one recognized they were independent towns, independent nations. In the early part of the 19th century, when the scramble for Africa came and they were divided, one of the problems also in the shaping of Nigeria was that people who did it, the colonial masters, it was a compass work. Here is Nigeria, here is Congo, here is Cameroon. Some people who made these demarcations were never in Africa. You can say that the people who did this didn't know what they were doing.
0: Mm-hmm. They didn't know the the they didn't know country, that
1: were the, the countries. Through a family, a village, the line will go through. Divide families. Part of the family will be Cameroonians. The other part of the family will be Nigerians.
0: Okay, so it's completely arbitrary, <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, But the whole thing is that we cannot talk about today. We are talking about yesterday. We cannot also talk about tomorrow without talking of today.
0: Of course, there's always going to be a historical context. And I think it's important to acknowledge that colonialism made a lot of mistakes, created a lot of damage going into countries and not really understanding the cultures or the systems that were in place. And a lot of damage, of course, has been done because of that. Okay, so on the topic of cultural differences, and since you're a priest, I would be interested in some of the cultural differences that you've seen between the religious practices in Nigeria in comparison to, for instance, here in Germany.
1: Oh, there are so many of them. Cultural differences. So, religion is what part of it in my own part of Nigeria, Igbo land. uh, In Nigeria, Northerners are predominantly Muslim. Muslim, Southerners are predominantly Christians. So, (laughs) religion plays a very big role in in the life of an Igbo man. We don't learn how to pray or how to be religious. Man is born with it, and he doesn't do it with difficulties. In, In the real African. religion. Christianity, Muslim, they were not there some two hundred years ago in Nigeria. They came later. Pre-missionary times, the people had their religion. All tribes, all communities, each community has its own way of worship or way of belief or what Mm -hmm. it believed in or gods, those images and all those things. Nobody said come and worship what I worship. Every person believed What I'm worshipping is correct. What the other man is worshipping is also correct. Today, the Christian world is talking about come together, unite. They understood that thousands of years that you don't quarrel over religion. This is madness. It was clear in the mind of every African thousands of years ago that this is madness to quarrel over religion. (laughs) What I believe is what I believe. And you have to respect it. The Africans respected that because they are born religious. They think religiously. They eat religiously. They walk religiously. They die religiously. They are born religiously. Everything is religion. You cannot say, I'm no longer religious. I'm atheist. It doesn't work. You are condemned to be religious.
0: (laughs) 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 So it's not something that's turned on and off depending on what situation you're in. You
1: you have no choice. You are born Mm. into it and you remain in it and you die in it. No coming in, no going out. So that is the picture. It shapes us, it gives a lot of meaning to the African mind. You see yourself, oh, I am not alone, and God is with me. It may be bad today, but tomorrow it will be good. God lives. You see yourself that no matter what happens, it is my destiny. God wants it that way. If not, it wouldn't have happened. You see a blind child, he is happy. Why? Ask him, what are you seeing? He said, I'm not seeing, but God sees me. And God knows why it is this way. If not, he would not have allowed it. He would have prevented because he is all powerful. Mm -hmm. He is all merciful. He is all loving. And for him to allow this thing means there is a purpose. The African believes that. And that is why you see they are poor. They are happy.
0: Even though many of the people in Nigeria might not have the same resources, faith can play a major role in giving us sustenance in giving us hope and, of course, happiness. You mentioned you were very busy. You're getting your doctorate, your PhD. But you also have another project that you're starting up here. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Yeah, the project has to do with health. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the problems that we as human beings have to address properly is addressing health issues. Her tissues are so important because it's only somebody who is alive that can walk. It's only one who is alive that can go to school, that can change the world, that can be a human. In this area, it's a village in Imo State. It is sometimes sad to know that Nigeria, despite its rich mineral resources, that still we have areas, so many, where life is like, life is not wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hardship.
1: Yeah, a lot of hardship. For instance, in this area I'm talking about now, where I want to establish a health center, in the area, you don't have roads, for instance. Roads are not... There are roads, but during, when it rains, it's difficult to drive, which means the people are cut off. And you don't have health centers or hospitals. You don't have electricity. You don't have normal pipe borne waters, people go to streams and fetch water and when it rains, the rains carry all rubbish from the bush and, and empty everything in the stream and people are forced to go to these same streams, take water to cook, take water to take their bath and to drink. This is horrible, but that is the situation and people of course have to be sick. have that are sick, the horrible thing that you are on your own. The hospitals that are nearby are far away.
0: How many people are in this area? This area now and their
1: environs, we're talking about forty, fifty thousand 50,000 people. Okay.
0: And how far away is it to the next city center?
1: The next city center is a a good question because it is, the roads also to these areas are not, (laughs) they're they're not paved roads. They're not not paved roads. They are not good roads and it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. can, people can travel maybe to get out from their rooms or their houses to this the next hospital might take them four or five hours
0: four or five hours with yes. a car
1: if the car when they when they have one
0: right and i mean how many people have cars
1: only in this village for it's only a few people life maybe five percent
0: five percent okay
1: five yeah, percent mm-hmm. and then there are no posts <laughs> no, no organized uh, transport systems this is simply difficult because some of these people who live in this area we want to establish this health centre have not been to these cities where these hospitals are. So they have not been there and for them it is it's no option. And, and, and when we talk of health, health, somebody driving to a hospital long distance, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hours, means also that you are not really sick. This journey is a journey that a healthy person should undertake, not a sick person. Right. Yeah, and in case of emergency, somebody falls down from a tree. A, ch- a child falls down from somewhere and breaks his neck. What happens? Worse still? when It happens at night. We have to wait till morning. Because bosses that travel sc- apparently, they're not always there. They don't also travel at night during the day. So you have to wait, have patience and pray that nothing happens. The whole thing is crazy. Sometimes I go home and when you hear it as I'm saying it, it's a story. But when you experience it, it's really something different. And it's because of my experiences in these areas, what I've seen, what I've heard. The situation tells you what happens. When I was in Belgium, there was this thing we learned in in the university there. One policy that is wonderful. See, judge, and act. Seeing without judging has no meaning. Seeing and judging without action (laughs) may not change anything. So I moved by this theory and what I saw during my last two years, I'm now 10 years a priest. When I celebrated last year, I just told people in the church, I'm celebrating my nine years on Monday. If you have, Interest to, to witness, you can come uh, but it's no feast. I'm just saying, I just make church service 40 minutes, it's no drinking. I just want to do it that way. To my surprise, a lot of people came. It's a long story because I have also here some friends who come to know about this situation because always ask me, well, How's the situation in Nigeria? Yeah. This I always say these things. They always tell me, But we can do something, we are here. We sometimes yeah. we don't, have, we have, we can save, we have money we use for certain things we can also use them for we mustn't build something that is too big but we can do something we can i have also hope that one day i will help solve this matter but how i didn't say how i didn't also know but i So it's always good to say something maybe some people have better ideas and so after the survey somebody came and told me we can also begin an association of friends so that people can also be paying in. We established an association, uh, Friends for Nigeria. We have about 30 people now as members.
0: Oh, great. Congratulations. That's very good.
1: So we have about 30 members. I'm the chairman of this association, so to say. The one person who is really doing more part of the job is Stefan Rauser. He put himself into it. He was moved by the situation, and he does a greater part of the organization. Through this association, we have now decided to... We're organizing an African mass, an African church service.
0: Ah, great. And where will that be taking place?
1: uh, In Gopingen, in in the church, Krishkunik. And we hope that African choir will come. There will be also African dances. And after the church service, Nigerian priests who live here will also come that day. And everyone is invited. So that we also tell people this is what we are doing. We need people who help us. And people are really a respondent. Before I was in, in the other parish, in Gopingen, uh, the name is Profexio. They are about three churches together. St. Joseph, Heiliggeist, and St. Paul. They are together. So they have a common name that brings them together. So when I was there before, they really helped. And now I'm in in the, in the other parish here, St. Maria on Christkönig. There are people are also showing interest. That gives me... Courage to go on. Otherwise, a thing like this is discouraging because you have a project. You have to have the money. The courage comes from people telling you what you are doing is good. Even if they don't give you something big, it encourages you. Some donate money. It's not about how much. It's about the will. It's about the will. And I always promise everything they give will always use for the project that is what we're meant for. And I'm trying to begin it in this area as a health centre, a small health centre. Not that health centre will solve the problem of the people, but it's a good beginning. If you tell the people, we are building a hospital, it will cost big money. People will be afraid, they run away. They may think, you are beginning a project you cannot finish. Let us begin with something we know we can finish, a health centre. When we finish with the health centre, then we will look and see how it has helped Is there a need to make it bigger? If there is need, how can we do it?
0: And that
1: is my dream.
0: And and when was the last time that you were in this area?
1: I was there during this year, uh, February this year. The sad part of it is also that the people don't even know what they're lacking. They don't feel the lack. They are not complaining. They think they have no solutions. This thing has been that way since the creation of man. Can you imagine? People have no hospital since the creation of mankind people have no water since ever human beings started existing on earth so they see it as normal but it is not normal somebody has headache he dies after one hour children who are born women are pregnant if you see a place where they deliver their children it's like a wonder that these children survive in a very local small house where a woman who is not a nurse about in the village, they call her nurse. Right, she's the most experienced. <laughs> yeah, most well, experienced. But in terms of complications, then you see her experiences may not take her too far. When there are complications, when there are, when right. this child needs extraordinary care, the woman has no care herself. She can't even say, "Let me drive this child or the mother to a nearby." She will continue doing something till one or both die. She do doing something, doing mixing and giving and removing and cutting and those things that she may not also understand. These things, when I look at them, I, I ask myself, but for how long? Why can't we change it? So that was how the idea came to me.
0: Father Angelo Unegbu, it was a pleasure having you in the English Breakfast today. Thank you so much. And I wish you all the best for your project and all the good work that you're doing.
1: Thank you very much. I'm also happy to be invited here today. God bless you.
0: This Christmas edition of English Breakfast is coming to an end. If you would like to find out more information about Freunde Nigeria, follow the links on our website. Membership for this organization is a mere 25 euros, and they also accept one-time donations. If you're still looking for a special gift for Christmas, you might want to consider giving the gift of health. This is Angeline Fisher, signing off. Until the next time.